welcome your hosts for this evening. Lights, camera, what's the action? Welcome to Lights, Camera, What's the Action, the podcast about betting on film and television awards. I'm Tony Coca-Cola over there, right there. Professor, hello, Professor. Oh, it's great to be back, Tony. Oh, and over there, right there is Max Rain. Hello, Max. Good evening, Tony. Oh, buckle up, everybody. This is going to be a massive episode. Odds and ends, let's get into it. We have some more markets. Oh, my gosh. Supporting actor and supporting actress are up at Sportsbet and Tab. So huzzah and hurrah for that. Hopefully some others... Uh, will follow suit soon too. The Golden Globe nominations have been announced. Let's have a look at the ins and outs there. Polly, Sarah Polly is out for director and Baz is in, Max. Can Max's side pot dreams come true? Oh, let's hope not. Oh, Very possible, very possible. Yeah, Baz. Uh, there's no Claire Foy, no Buckley, no Wishaw, no Dano, no Hirsch, no Chow, no Deadweiler, uh, and Coleman is in, and Diamas is in for actor. Oh, is this the start of the Diamasance? Oh, <laughs> let's, let's hope so. Oh, my God. Triangle of Sadness, uh, that got some love at the Globes. Uh, was in for picture, comedy, musical, and supporting actress as well. Jamie Lee Curtis gets in over Stephanie Sue. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, she is giving it everything. <laughs> She's not leaving anything in the tank. Uh, markets, some markets are up, not all, uh, but some. Uh, Sportsbet has 25 of the 27 categories in film and TV up. TabTouch Unibet has 14 film categories up. And Bet365 has seven film categories up. So I think we'll have a look at all those odds next episode so we can go through it uh, in much more detail. But stay away from the Globes, as we always say. Mm-hmm. Critics' Choice Award nominations have also been announced. And as seen on the shiny and new brand spanking lights, camera, what's the action.com website, thank you very much, the, the near universal rule with the Critics' Choice is that if you don't get a Critics' Choice nomination, you are not winning the Oscar. So it doesn't look good for, she said, for picture, doesn't look good for Chow, Foy, or Mulligan for supporting actress. Uh, there was no Wishaw for supporting actor. Uh, and sadly, sadly, no Diamas. So there we go. The Diamasance is already over. That was, uh, that was short-lived. Uh, it's not impossible for all those people, uh, but the stats against them are very, very strong. Um, and there's no markets up yet for Critics' Choice, but there was, Professor, very briefly. Is that right? Very briefly. Blinked and you missed it. Um, we'll have to keep refreshing our page on, on various bookmaker websites, Tony. What happened there? What was it? It was Sportsbet, wasn't it, Professor? Uh, it, it was on the menu. Um, I didn't click into the menu because the next time I'm, um, I clicked into it, it just took, took me back to a different page. Uh, <laughs> but maybe in the next 24 hours, we'll, we shall wait and see. Yeah, that was strange. That was strange. Uh, the PGA announced its documentary feature nominees uh, last week. Now, seven of the last 10 Oscar winners uh, for Doco Feature have come from the PGA nominees, uh, but only uh, five out of the last 10 PGA Doco winners go on to win the Oscar. So it's good if you're nominated, not so good if you win. So all the breathes. Fire of Love, Nalvani and Descendant, they all got in. But All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is out. Goodnight Oppie 
was out. Moon Age Daydream was out. And Senior was out. Uh, this is a good race this year. This is going to be... The shortlists are actually announced next week. Uh, what's that? December 21st. Mm, so mm. it's going to be very interesting to see what makes the cut. It's interesting that... Do you feel that all the breeze is rising and the bloodshed, it's just... It's heating in some but missing in others. It seems as though there are two camps, doesn't it? You know, there, there, there's this the opposition within the, the, these these two films to vie for for top spot for for the Oscars. There, there's no doubt that, in my mind at least, that both of them will be nominated. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's 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 going to be a tough race. We've also had oh my god the Gotham Awards, the National Board of Review Awards. We've had the AFI Top Ten with and the start of all the. U.S. state-based critics awards as well. The uh, Independent Spirit Award nominations are out as well. Uh, the short answer to sort of all these is that it's obviously better to win than it is to lose. Any win is great for exposure and uh, momentum. But, and I wish the Academy voters would keep this in mind, for the most part, it's a very small amount of people deciding these winners. Like, it's only five people deciding the Gothams, and they're almost all uniformly not Academy members. So you're talking these awards, that get a lot of press, but it's an insignificant, inconsistent and irrelevant amount of people who are deciding these awards. It's quite remarkable though, isn't it, that the Gotham Awards is decided by five people and this this, this isn't giving it any press that, that it's only five people that are deciding this, this award. It's about the award, it's about the award, but, but not how the award is actually um, uh, created or given. I think it's interesting um, what amount of media comes out of the Gothams, um, given its size and scale, but it does have that first mover advantage. It gives something, some journalists something to write about. And I was amazed how influential Kwan's speech is. Um, and there, there begins the narrative and everyone seems to have decided that he's the winner. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Professor, because, yeah, if enough of these small awards sort of collectively recognised like a Janelle Monet all of a sudden for supporting actress, then it goes on to affect, you know, Oscar chances, Oscar markets, you know, because a win is a win. That's all people see. Mm. Uh, it all matters to the larger awards discussion. Also, the, the award speech as well, you know, if, Absolutely. if if that has something in it that, it can get on social media and then, then that gets traction. And then that, that can be even more powerful than the performance or, or um, uh, the film itself, right? It's the Troy Kotzer effect. He had a great, great story. Um, he was you know, largely unemployed, scratching around for, for, for work. And, and Kwan had a similar narrative when he got up there and made a quite impassioned speech and um, the power of a speech and uh, we'll have Golden Globes to look forward to uh, next month and you know, it'll be televised and very influential in the campaign. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yes, the end result of uh, all these little awards that have been uh, coming out over the last month or so, you can go to the Metacritic scoreboard and check it out. That's uh, very, very helpful. Um, yeah, uh, Janelle Monet uh, has been popping up for Supporting Actress and Angela Bassett as well for some reason. Kerry Condon's still leading pretty strongly though. Ah, 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 which we'll be talking about uh, uh, very soon. But that's been popping up for like picture and director and score as well. Why not? Uh, 
Why not indeed? Uh, Everything Everywhere, Banshees and Tar are doing well for picture. Farrell's doing very well for actor. Uh, It looks to be Blanchett and Yo for actress. Uh, Quan, like you say, is smashing it. McDonough looks good for screenplay. Maverick's doing very well for cinematography. Uh, EO, that's rocketing into contention for international feature. Go Poland. Go Poland. And uh, Pinocchio and Marcel the Shell, they're they're strangely neck and neck for animated feature. Uh, I'll be betting the farm on Pinocchio. I can't see that uh, losing. What's What's the opening prize, Tony? What do you think? Oh, that'll be sub 150, I reckon. Mm. You haven't seen Marcel yet? I have not seen Marcel yet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> cars are irrelevant, uh, Max. Come on. The cars are irrelevant. I've already seen Marcel. Yes. Yeah. Go with Pinocchio. Mm. Yeah. Go with Pinocchio. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There's the short answer from Max. Beautiful. Okay. What have we been watching? <gasps> Lots more films have been released recently. So many reviews to get to. Professor, let's kick things off with a collection of potential slash probable but best picture contenders, the big knobs. So what have you been watching? Well, why don't we start with She Said. Um, mm. Yeah, this one's probably on the edge, isn't it? Somewhere between sort of 8th and 15th in most pundits' best picture rankings. Um, and possibly a contender for the worst movie poster of the year in my books. Uh, just, um, just, I mean, it struggled commercially. Just didn't sort of sell, sell it at all. Anyway. Uh, this is one of my favourite genres, uh, journalism, and um, you know many of my my favourite films over many years have been uh, in this wheelhouse. I particularly liked, um, unlike maybe other journalism movies I've seen before, just around um, the pursuit and the messiness and um, how invasive the work is in, into their lives, and how much of a personal toll it took on these two particular journalists. Um. Some of my favourite parts of the movie were the editor sort of wrangling and managing Weinstein on the phone, and he he, he looms as a really menacing figure, doesn't he, um, <laughs> throughout the story. Read the book. It's an excellent adaptation. Uh, I think we'll, we'll possibly get one Oscar nomination. I'm hoping for more. Uh, it was a really solid outing for me. It was a B. Well, um, I've just got a list of the Metacritics. I think it's important to have the Metacritics get a sense of that for each of these films. And this got a 74 Metacritic, which is which is pretty damn uh, positive. Uh, so for me, it was a it was a solid investigative reporter film. Uh, again, the the high point is all the President's Men for me, um, and I haven't seen it for a couple of years, but it's it just just there's this sense in all the President's Men of this build that goes from scene to scene to scene and it's and it's such a slow build and and then it's that that just a kind of an, an innocuous scene becomes menacing you know uh and i didn't feel that at all with this film um i i felt that the narrative drive wasn't so compelling it wasn't as compelling as as i had hoped it would be for the for the film i hadn't read the source material and I, I find it interesting that that the professor says that that it was an excellent adaptation so i i, I once i once i finish my next point i want i want the professor to, to deal with what you say is an excellent ad, adaptation um 
Look, I think the performances are fine. Uh, I agree with with the professor with the the scenes with the editor who just takes no shit at all with Harvey Weinstein. He's like, I've dealt with him before, and then he gets on the phone. He says, Yeah, Harvey, what do you, what do you want? Kind of, it's great. And then all that moment where he just like, yeah, I'm hanging up now, Harvey. <laughs> That's great. Um, but the shining performance for me, and I think what is the highlight of the film for me is the scene with Samantha. Uh, oh well, wow. yeah. I really like Samantha Morton as an actor. I, I don't know why she doesn't get more juicy roles. I think Morvan Keller is, is, a, is a standout masterpiece. It's a film that she was in back in the early 2000s by Scottish director Lynn Ramsey. I think it's an amazing film. Uh, and and this, is, this is just a really, really moving moment in the film. And I wish the film had moved me more than, than it did, but I, I think it was that, that sense of that narrative drive. Uh, Look, I think it'll miss out on a Best Picture nomination, um, and as we all said, that it hadn't done uh, it hasn't done very well commercially at the box office, and and that's understandable. Uh, I think it will have a life though on streaming. I think this is a film that people will go back to in years to come. I think it'll become a kind of document film um, that uh, when people say, "Oh, you know, the Harvey Weinstein saga," but I just wish that it was a far stronger film than it was to kind of act as that as that that moment that icon of of the you know the uh, the, the she said moment um but uh, uh, professor what do you mean that it's a by that it's an excellent adaptation well i, I think i think the the movie treatment's actually better than the book so the the book experience is fairly procedural it's phone calls and notes and it's building the background and the thoroughness of of building the story painstaking detail what we get in the movie is is more a personal insight into into these women's lives and their marriages and the postnatal depression and so i think it the the, the adaptation enhances the content yeah i think it's pretty good as well um i think it's close to being really good uh the direction for me is a little bit spotty uh, I think Mulligan was great. I didn't think Kazan was quite up to it. Um, yeah, but the, the script for me was the big letdown. Uh, and I think I agree with you, Max. It needed a bit more Hollywood to it. Mm. It needed like William Goldman or Aaron Sorkin yeah. or you know Josh Singer writing it. You know, I didn't get like you, Max. I didn't get any urgency mm. about it. Uh, unlike you know Presidents Men, unlike Spotlight, mm. unlike even The Post. Mm. Uh, from a few years ago. Yeah, it just needed some propulsion and it needed some zip and sort of punch to the dialogue. Uh, and But, you know, maybe this is a far more accurate representation of how journalism works than those other films, but it, it sort of felt a bit flat. Uh, it's still pretty good, though. Uh, I think Mulligan looks good for a supporting actress nomination. Uh, no win, but I think she gets in. Um Adapted screenplay, definitely a nomination. No win there, though. Does it get in for picture? Uh, it's getting so tight. I, I, I still think it does. I've had it in oh. for a long time. Yeah, I, no win, certainly, but I still think it gets in. Wow. Uh, yeah, no other noms anywhere. So I reckon two or three noms total for no wins. All right, what else, Professor? Well, let's go to the triangle of sadness. And um, and and speaking of a film that's got plenty of fizz, uh, th- th- this this is one of those. And um, uh, for our our listeners, uh, we were lucky enough to catch this at a film festival earlier in the year, and um, it is a, a must 
see cinema experience, see with an audience, where it it's just sort of a contagious atmosphere that builds and helps deliver a really really fun ride. Razor sharp humor. Um, I thought the last third of the film was a little bit too long. Could have been a little bit twenty to thirty minutes shorter. Um, really enjoyed. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's a B for me. Yeah, this is only a 63 Metacritic, which I'm, I'm surprised about. I thought this would be like in the 80s or something, but um, uh, there you go. So when the director of this film, uh, Ruben Ostland, was a young man, he worked at some of the most exclusive ski resorts in the Swiss Alps. And during this time, he must have been watching and listening pretty closely <laughs> to the events around him and making note of what was happening for something down the track. And this is, film is the something down the track, I think, that he's finally got to it. For me, it's a biting, it's a funny, insightful critique of, of class and power. Not everything lands, and I feel like the professor that it overstays its welcome a bit, maybe in the second part and, and also in the third part. So perhaps it's about half an hour too long. Um, I feel as though the point of the film becomes a little bit redundant. We, we get the, the same thing over and over a couple of different times. Uh, there's a terrific opening scene, though. I, for me, the opening scene between the, the, the female and male model in, in the restaurant is really, really terrific. It's so well written and staged and performed, and I think it's a great opening to this film. So while this film is, is very good, I actually prefer the director's previous film, The Square, that that also won the, the Palme d'Or. It's interesting that he's won it twice, uh, one with The Square and Triangle of Sadness. What will the the, the next shape be for him to win <laughs> the next thing? But even so, this is in my top ten of the year. Wow. Jeez. Now, Max, you've had this in, or you presently do have it in yeah. your predictions for Best Picture. Is that right? It, yes, I do, but it may it may have to drop. Yeah, you would. Okay. It's at number nine. I've got it at number nine. Right. Okay. And uh, Professor, you had Osterland in for a long time for director. I think I did, Tony. It's just getting a bit congested. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really, really tight schedule to, to, to get in there for, for the picture nominations and director. Yeah. It's done well at the European Film Awards, so mm. it might sneak in there. We always see a foreign raider in there. Yeah. Um, I did not see this at a cinema. Uh, so... I didn't get into this film at all. Uh, I just I wasn't on its wavelength from the get go, and it just further pissed me off the longer it went. Um, I really like the premise. I think it's a great, but it just it took too long to get there, mm. uh, and then it didn't do enough with it. Uh, I just I couldn't vibe with any character. I think they're all idiots, and they're all behaving against the logic of the film. Um, surely. These people, if they were stranded on a desert island, they're not so useless. They just have to sit there and do nothing. I mean, even in these pampered rich people. Yeah, I just, the ending, I think, was completely contrived, uh, very unsatisfying. Even after its uh, Golden Globe success, I, I say no noms anywhere for this. Oh, really? no, no picture, no screenplay. No Dolly De Leon for supporting actress. I reckon this will get shut out. Yeah, this uh, this didn't work for me at all. Might get a side bet on there, on there, Tony, for you. <laughs> no more side bets. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that that the professor and I saw it in a in a full cinema, uh, and the experience that, that we had, and we were carried along by that, uh, and and how important it is to see it 
in a cinema with a lot of people and to get those big reactions from everybody, mm. particularly, particularly like a film festival um, audience that is very receptive to it, and then you seeing it by yourself uh, and, and how different the experience is there by not having, you know, 200 people around mm. you you know, um, uh, having having a, a reacting, yeah, yeah an, an actual you know visible reaction. Well, yeah, who's to say? Who's to say if I if I saw it in a in a theater, a full theater, uh, if my uh, reaction would have been different? But uh, mm. very well may have been. But uh, I fear I may have just been reacting at the reactors if I was in the cinema. I'd go, what are you idiots laughing at? <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway, not for me, not for me. What else, Professor? Well, let, let's go to Ireland, the Banshees of Inishirin. And um, if there's an algebra, al- algorithm of happiness, it's expectations minus reality. So the expectations for this one are pretty high in my books. And um, for a second year running, we have an Irish film, which will probably land an, in a Best Picture nomination. So that fills me with green pride. Um it fills me also with a little bit more criticism on this film and it didn't quite deliver and I wasn't matching the same level of enthusiasm and humour as other cinema audience members. Um, my favourite f- part of this film is Barry Keegan and I really hope he gets in there. Um, uh, we all expect and I think there'll be several uh, Oscar nominations, Colin Farrell, Kerry Condon, Brendan Gleeson just plays himself. I'm not sure um, uh, of, of the buzz surrounding his performance, but he's probably going to get nominated. Um, it, it was a B minus. I had the opposite reaction to the professor here. This this film actually exceeded my expectations. Uh, I felt it to be very very touching, um, and this is a film I, I watched with uh, with my wife, and uh, she actually uh, cried at a particular moment in the, in this film. Uh, so it also surprised me how funny it was. I wasn't I wasn't ready to to laugh as much, and I was laughing through so much of this 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 film. I think uh, the Academy Award screenplay uh, is pretty much locked for for this film. I would give it to this film. Uh, so when that market comes in, I'll be I'll be going pretty hard at, at Banshees. I think it just it it really it really struck a chord with me, and as with the professor Barry Keegan, Barry Keegan is amazing in this film. He is so good. Every scene that he's in is either is either touching, is either funny, is either poignant um, or tragic. Uh, it's 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 very very strong. And so this this film makes my top five of the year. Wow, we've had a good run mm-hmm. this episode. Wow, some big uh, some big titles. I really liked the first half. Uh, I think it's yeah very engaging, very well written and directed. It's a very Coen Brothers rhythm to the dialogue uh, with a lot of repetition, which I think brings out so much humour. I was laughing as well uh, to the first half. The second half, I think, goes off the rails a bit. I didn't quite buy the progression for everybody. I thought there were some things a bit too contrived, but still very strong. Uh, top three for picture, certainly, I think at the moment. I don't see it winning. I think it's probably too dark, a bit too dour, uh, even though I, I think there's a slight optimistic ending. Um, but, you know, nothing compared to like everything everywhere or spoiler alert fables. Um, Farrell is excellent. Um, but as seen on our website, uh, the Oscar rarely goes to a quiet 
lead actor performance. You know, he doesn't have the bells and whistles of a traditional Oscar-winning performance like Brendan Fraser and Austin Butler both have. But Farrell is just scooping all the critic awards at the moment uh, and everyone's jumping off Fraser. I'm still happy with Fraser. Uh, Wales getting a very strong public response. It's currently 95% Rotten Tomatoes audience score. That is a staggering number. Well, that's the difference between the audiences and the critics, right? And if like Banshees, there's an 87 Metacritic, but I don't know how audiences would respond to it. I don't think as as as, as strong as what you're saying with The Whale. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think Farrell is the done deal that everybody thinks uh, just yet. Uh, yeah, Gleeson, yep, he's great. He's an easy second, I think, for supporting actor win behind Quan, but he's a distant second. I think Quan's got it sewn up already. Condon's great. Uh, even though she sort of disappears three quarters of the way through the film. Yeah. Um, I think she probably does enough to get her over the line. I'm not too sure. I'm not too no? sure. No, I'm not too sure if she does. I'm not too sure if she does. I'm I'm surprised how highly placed she is uh, in, in, that, um, in that category. I kept waiting for a, a big, you know, I just need to do something with my life speech from both Condon and Gleeson at some stage. You know, I wanted to see you know, a top-notch writer like McDonough handle what could be a really sort of cliche moment, um, but it didn't really come. No, she just disappears. Yeah, she, yeah. That's she it. Just, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's just a bit contrived for me, um, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, like you said, yeah, Barry Keegan is great too. He's definitely uh, in for a supporting actor, Nom, I think, with Gleason. Uh, yeah, original screenplay, Max. Yeah, this, yeah, I think it's a tough category. You've got Banshees, you've got Fables, you've got Tar. And you got everything everywhere. No, I'm I'm, I'm sticking with I'm, I'm I'm sticking with Banshees. Banshees is dominating the critics at the moment. Uh, I could see any of those four winning. Mm. Um, Banshees, I think, will open as favourite, uh, but it's three months away. Yeah. Mm. So what's your what's your second or third ch- challenger on the best picture rankings, guys? Where, where's Banshees in the mix now that you've seen it? I've I've got Banshees as, as two. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I would have it three. I think yeah. probably have four or five for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cinematography, I think, is really strong, but that's a, that's a very full field already. Yeah, right. I don't Forget think it, it gets it. in. Uh, I'm putting it in for a, a director nomination, though. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more cinematic than Three Billboards was. Uh, the score is great, um, but again, that's a full category as well. But I, I'm going to say, yes, it squeezes in there. So I reckon it could get about seven or eight nominations total for mm. one yeah. or two wins. Yeah, eight, eight sounds good to me. Eight sounds good. To and me. I think it'll do well at the Globes. And and um, mm. you know, if you want to get on anything Banshees related, now's the time to do it. All right, Fizz. What else? Well, uh, let let's go to a film that's got plenty of fizz, and that's R R R. And um, geez, the Indian Cinema um, uh, Academy or whoever they are, they can give themselves an uppercut for not putting this um, as their best international film because um, this would be the outright um, leader and and probable winner. Anyway, it might get into a look into some other Oscar categories. Um, a film that is uh, gathering speed at the right time this awards season, so um, we are likely to see it pop up in, in other places and, and maybe maybe Oscars. Uh, I've rarely had so much fun in, in one um, outing. Uh, uh, it's got amazing star power. Um, it's hilarious, the inventiveness of the sequen- sequences. And thankfully, it looks like it's setting up for a sequel. So give me plenty more of this. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's a B plus. 
really, really great experience. Yeah, it, it's surprising that it has an 83 Metacritic. I, oh, I, really? Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, that? that is amazing. 83. Uh, and it's it's clear that, that film critics have, have just eaten this up with a spoon. This is... This is a maximalist film with a capital M. Uh, it it is absolutely exhilarating from from moment one, I think, all the way to through to the for, to the final sequence. Um, it's a film made with supreme confidence. Uh, the director, uh, his, his name is S. S. Rajamouli. He knows exactly what he is doing with this film. He knows what kind of film he wants to make, and he's probably, he's made eleven other feature films before this, and some pretty pretty big. Um, scale, large scale, big budget films, and the the two leads, uh, the two main characters, Raju and Beam, they're an absolutely remarkable double act. Uh, I think they will live on in cinema. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love this film. Uh, it was it was very very surprising to me. I thought, oh yes, I'll, okay, I'll give it a go. I'll watch it, and uh, I watch it in in, in two. Uh, uh, stages because it is three hours long um, but to, yeah right from the very first sequence through to the f- final dance sequence where remarkably uh, SS Rajamuli makes a cameo <laughs> in the dance it's like who is this guy oh the, and then I looked it up and then it's the director and it makes sense in India he's like incredibly famous I think you know his films have made more money than any other filmmaker in the history of Indian cinema I think, um, and from that from that that very end, it just had a smile on my face, and uh, yeah, this is another in my top ten of the year. Whoa! Yeah, you know what it reminded me of was Starship Troopers, oh. with the with the the fun and the satire and the spectacle of it. Yeah. Well, every day I apparently get closer and closer to old man yells at cloud, uh, and I guess I've finally arrived at my destination. Has Everyone drunk the Kool-Aid on this film. Honestly, this film is a joke. It's like a three-hour Joseph Kahn music video from 2003. Yeah, but it's great. (laughs) Joseph Kahn is great. What are you talking about? The writing is sub-soap opera. It's acted like a pantomime. The direction makes Michael Bay look like Tarkovsky. That's the the point, though. The effects work is on par with like Sharknado. It's like an asylum film. And and people think this is getting in for director or picture or even visual effects. And like Andrew Dominic is walking around getting spat on. This is now, of course, all right, Bollywood films operate on a different frequency to Western Hollywood films, all right? I'm aware of this. Some of my best friends are Bollywood films. You know, everything is far, far bigger in Bollywood. But I'm astonished at how Hollywood has embraced this film. You'd think Western audiences wouldn't be used to this kind of heightened levels of everything. Surely everyone recognises the cheese in the acting, the direction, yes, the story, yes. the effect. So what's the appeal? It's not, it's not ironic love. This is genuine love. It keeps getting acknowledged and rewarded by supposed experts. I think this is... A worry. This is a genuine shame. It's like the codification no. of, of cinema. What is happening to adult cinema? How is this 
This is like a Marvel movie. This is far better than any Marvel movie than I that I have seen. This has an energy and an enthusiasm and a sentiment that 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 is pretty special. Oscar wise, I have no idea what's going to happen with this film. I mean, we know the Oscars are no place for justice, uh, and you know we presently live in a world where Coda is the best picture of the year. So, you know, by that measure, this should get nominated in every category. Um, I think <laughs> original song. Come on, this and Coda, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. No, no they're not. They're Coda, just... Coda is genuinely bad. Coda is genuinely bad. This is a soap opera, this movie. Yes, absolutely. Why, why, why on earth would you put this a soap opera in the mix for best picture Be- or best direction? Of- because of the technique, because of the cinematic oh. technique of this film. No, but this is the, the techniques used in this film are, were being used by Joseph Kahn like ten years ago, and they were, and they were hackneyed then. <laughs> but but not not in the same arrangement that they are here. I had a smile on my face for for almost the entire three hour running time. I was shaking I, my head for almost the three hours and <laughs> running time, just like, what do you think you're doing? Oh, it, it knows exactly what it is, and and there's such a, a confidence in it. And once you enter into the spirit of that, uh, strap strap in, Tony. Well, the, the good news will be there'll be a sequel. Give it another go. Oh, okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Maybe we should do a Roger Morley uh, retrospective. Film yeah, yeah, we should do, go right back to the beginning and and just watch all twelve in one go. Yeah, do you think he starts off with something like Clerks? You know, something <laughs> <laughs> just shot in black and white, locked off camera. You think no, people I, talking? I, I think he had a, a significant budget. I think he came from a kind of filmmaking family, as I understand it. So, yeah, he didn't come from nowhere. He wasn't like a yeah, Kevin Smith coming from nowhere. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, in terms of Oscars, yeah, I think an original song nomination looks looks most likely to me. And yes, if you open the telecast. With a big Bollywood performance, you know the place would be jumping. It'd be a great way to, yeah. to start the ceremony. Eighty-three uh, Metacritic, Tony. Eighty-three Metacritic. Yeah, that's <laughs> just that's horrifying. That is horrifying for a film that is essentially a pantomime. Um, it's gotten a few score nominations and wins uh, from the regional critic awards. Uh, I don't think it's going to get in for Oscars, uh, but just like last year, people have seemingly lost their minds over a very ordinary film. Uh, yes, may God have mercy on us all. Shall we move on to the, the current favourite, the outright leader, uh, from Mr. Steven Spielberg's The Fablements? And um, I watched this one with um, Mrs. Professor and Mrs. Professor's brother, who um, aren't too familiar with Steven Spielberg's story. Um, so they were a good to testing ground for feedback um, after the film. Uh, so this was a, uh, a really, really positive experience for me and um, I really connected with um, the nostalgia and joy around filmmaking. I remember my own childhood and teenage years of making horror films with my brothers and sisters and um, just really connected with the sheer exhilaration and pleasure of, of doing that. Um, the scenes in the school I think are a little bit uh, conventional and that point in the film it's a little bit saggy um, this is career best work from Michelle Williams um, and Steven Spielberg I think beautifully shifts the gears in some sequences one of the particularly memorable ones for me was um, moving from a high action sort of dramatic turn from the filmmaking into the hospital room of, of his mother-in-law who's about to pass away 
Judd Hirsch, I'm not not sure about that um, best supporting actor uh, push. This was a B plus for me. It's a second favorite of the year. Oh, second favorite. Max, how did you approach the fables? Fablemans, 84 Metacritic, three less than RRR. (laughs) (laughs) Just just to give you a ranking there, Tony. What a world we live in. What a world. world. Well, for me, directors making autobiographical films is a real treat. I mean, some some of the best, of course, are are, um, uh, Truffaut's Day for Night. Belfast. In the 70s, no, no, not not Belfast. <laughs> but uh, Fellini, eight and, a half. eight and a half. Fellini's eight and a half, I think, is 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 the the top of the tree. But um, I, I do do have a real soft spot for Truffaut's Day for Night as well. Wow, um, this is just so prosaic. Uh, it's yes, it's well crafted. It's Spielberg, after all. But for me, it's it's just not that memorable. Uh, what a disappointment after, you know, we've waited for so long. This is the, the front runner. Um, for the most part, the film lacks a real dramatic tension. Uh, and I, I have to say an interest as well. It's like if it wasn't Spielberg's story, if it wasn't his own story, this would never have been made. Let's, let's, let's be honest about it, I, at least for me. I mean, that's the way that I see it. So there's this uh, American film critic that uh, that some of us are aware of called Armand White. Um, oh, Jesus, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so he's he's what would be considered a contrarian film critic, and there are a couple of them that uh, in the United States, and uh, Mick LaSalle is another one that writes for the for the San Francisco Chronicle, and and Armand White, who a couple of years back wrote a book called Make Spielberg Great Again. What a great title, which I'm working my way through. Even Armin White calls this film in, in, his, in his review emotionally inert. Um, but, of course, uh, Armin White lays the blame uh, at the feet of Tony Kushner, the, uh, the, the writer of this film, for political reasons more than anything else. Are you, sidebar, are you enjoying the book? Uh, yeah, I think there's there's things there's things on offer at the yeah, bottom. I, I think so I too. Always, yeah. I always I always get you know I always just cut through the the, the crap and then just see things that that are uh, useful. Now this film for David Lynch fans, it might might just be worth the price of admission to see the final scene. Uh, for for myself and 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 uh, Mrs. Max. Uh, this was by far the um, the high point of the film uh, for all sorts of reasons, um, and it's it's really interesting to see Spielberg many years ago on YouTube describe his meeting with the great director John Ford. We're kind of spoiling the end of the film, but a lot of people already know this, uh, and how he acts it out. But to get to get David Lynch, David Lynch is absolutely David Lynch. He's more David Lynch than John Ford, I think. Yes. I don't I honestly don't know. I read the story that Lynch uh, didn't want to play the role and you know Spielberg got you know everyone he could to try and get to, to convince David Lynch to play the role. And uh, uh, he couldn't get to, he couldn't get him on board, but uh, then eventually he did. And Lynch's uh, only caveat was for him to play the role was to wear the costume uh, for a week before he performed the role. That was the only thing. He says, "I have to have the costume a week before, and I have to wear the costume a week before, and then I'll get into the role." Uh, and yeah, the the film is is 
to, to quote Armin White, for me, pretty much emotionally inert up until that last moment. And then it kind of just reach, reaches a high point and then thankfully ends. Uh, yeah, the, the, the film really didn't resonate for me, unfortunately. Uh, do you think it's still number one slot for Best Picture? It is. It is still number one slot, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I'm uh, yeah along the same lines as you, Max. Yeah, uh, good news, bad news. The the bad news is that yeah, I don't think this is a best picture winning film. But the good news is that I didn't think Coda was a best picture winning film either. Um, so we might be doing all right. Um, I've seen it twice now. Um, it's a good film. I don't think it's great. It's uh, a strange but refreshing sort of biography normally in a in a biopic you know they present the important moments very dramatically you know they hammer home the importance very explicitly and this film doesn't seem to be doing that yeah like you said max it's very prosaic it presents a lot of smaller moments that are clearly still very important to, to spielberg but it felt disjointed to me yeah it's more a collection of memories strung together than a genuine ABC narrative. Uh, yeah, there's no story, real story to it. There's no engine to it, which I think is refreshing. It's good, but it's also bad. Um, it's much more, yeah, much more personal and less cliche than I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, I, The final scene is definitely worth the price of admission. Uh, and at the very final shot, I think is absolutely perfect. Uh, and the hard cut to black uh, after that is uh, it's at the exact right moment. It's a, it's a beautiful finish. It's yeah, it's an incredible finish. Um, the cinematography. Yeah. All the craft is predictably great. I think cinematography, it'll get a nomination there. The score's amazing though. It's sometimes hard to tell what is John Williams music and what is like the music of a classical composer, because that's sort of layered throughout as well. Definitely a nom for John Williams. Very possibly a win. I, I think. I'll, really? Yeah, I think I'm going to jump on him when that market opens. Yeah. Oh, the score didn't do anything for me. I thought it was almost invisible. Oh, I liked it. Um, yeah, uh, maybe an editing nomination, maybe production design, maybe costume as well. Yes, Williams gets an actress nomination. Uh, I don't think she's winning. It's 100% Blanchett versus Yo now for mine. Uh, Dano, yeah, after the Golden Globe snub, there was some sort of doubt around him. No, I, I still say yes to a nomination to him, uh, but no win. Yeah, where did the the Hirsch love come from? Oh my God, there's a uh, this is a painfully obvious thing to say, but you know, people on social media need to control themselves. That was uh, <laughs> just calm down. My God. It's a scene stealing performance, but it's not Oscar worthy. Oh, yeah. No, no chance for Hirsch. No way. Um, is it like six minutes or something? I wouldn't it's, even give it that. It and what eight. A, it's yeah. such a strange moment in the film. Like he literally comes to stay for one night. Yeah, <laughs> why, why are you coming to stay for one night? Very weird. Uh, original screenplay uh, for Spielberg and Kushner, certainly a nomination. Yeah, I'd put it second or third for the win behind Banshees and sort of around Tar. And then we've got, yeah, director and picture. Uh, and what's typically the rule for awarding picture and director? You know, picture, the Academy, tends to go for the more conservative choice. But director, they reward the more adventurous film, the sort of the stylistically brave film. Is this an adventurous, stylistically brave film? 
No, I, I don't think it is. This doesn't seem like the same guy who directed West Side Story last yeah. year. Uh, obviously, you know, different kind of film, but uh, I think it's entirely possible that Daniels can win Best Director. Oh, my God. Um, the big selling point, you know, for this film is Spielberg himself, you know, just how autobiographical this film is and how much it means to him to be sharing these stories. And he's a master campaigner, of course. You know, he certainly has the power to drag himself and his film over the line, no question. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking sort of eight to ten nominations. It could win one or two. Uh, it could also win about five or six, depending on how the Academy sort of plays out. Is it going to be a conservative Academy this year? Is it going to be a progressive Academy this year? Uh, but I'm getting sort of Star is Born vibes. Uh, mm. I, I have concerns. I have concerns. Yeah, the qu- the question is... Yeah, like Spielberg's currently like a dollar thirty or something, and you know has been dropping, uh, you know, week after week after week down down to this this point, and I, I think it'll drop even further. But yeah, th- that's that seems to be the um, the perspective that the, that best director is given to more of a formally challenging film, and of course everywhere everything all at once is fits that bill like a T but but it is Spielberg's story it's his own story and is this is this the the moment that kind of breaks that rule um, that no it's not about the formally daring it's it's about giving it to Spielberg for his own story giving him best director uh, for his own story maybe not best picture but best director mm. all right well anyway let's get into. The Oscars, the odds, best picture. Let's look at first. Now, there are some, across all categories, actually, there are some big variations in price. So make sure you shop around because there's some huge, huge wins to be had here if uh, something tickles your fancy. Fableman's is still outright favourite. Best price is two twenty five at Tab Touch Unibet Bet Rights. Uh, everything Everywhere, you can get it four. At uh, Tab Touch, Unibet, and Bet Three Six Five Banshees, you can get at six. Avatar, you can get at eleven. Maverick thirteen. Tar fifteen. A tab is good. Babylon's still lurking around. You can get uh, Babylon at fifteen. She said you can get at twenty-one. Women talking twenty-one. Woman King twenty-one. Elvis. Do you think Elvis has got a shot? It's paying twenty-six. At Ned's Tab and Bet Right, that's a great price. Uh, 13 Lives, maybe. 13 Lives coming back. 26 is the best at Bet365. The Whales at like 51. Triangle of Sadness at 51. And let's not forget, RRR, that's 26 at Sportsbet only. They're the only bookie with RRR in the best picture market. But nominate, picture nomination is getting really tough, isn't it? I mean... You know where you, you mentioned. If this is the first time on the podcast this week, you've ev- evoked Avatar. Mm. Now, Avatar has just shot up like a bullet, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, um, top five. Yeah. And and the question we asked over the over the week was, uh, uh, what percentage chance do you think Avatar has now at making the nominations? Um, and and I think Professor, you had about sixty percent. Did you, is that right? I think it gets in there, yeah, as well as Jimmy Cameron for best director. Yeah, both for mm. me too. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, I think I think it's about eighty percent chance of getting into best picture now, which 
three weeks ago, you know, it wasn't wasn't in the mix. It wasn't in the mix. And then what happens to Babylon? Does Babylon miss? And does the whale miss? I think the whale might miss. And if it does miss, then what happens to Fraser? Because yeah. Gold Derby has him at has has uh, the whale at fifteen for picture, like the fifteenth place. Mm. And that's that's a long way behind. Um, that, that's a real concern. Babylon's interesting. Its uh, its Metacritic score is uh, not doing very well at the moment. Sixty three uh, at the oh, moment. Yeah, yeah. Oof, low sixties. Wow. But I, I would still place it ahead of the whale of getting in. The issue with Babylon, though, I think I was looking at, I was digging into the Metacritic. There's there's one important critic. I go David Ehrlich from IndieWire. He gave it around a seventy five. But then after that, you've got Peter Bradshaw from the Guardian. He gives it a sixty. Then you've got The Hollywood Reporter is a 40. And then the one that isn't uh, ranked because it just came through a couple of hours ago is Variety. And I pulled out a couple of quotes. One is a whirling three-hour folly and another, quote, a loud, vulgar, live-action cartoon of a film. Sounds like ah, ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) But not in a good way. So that's that's a sub-40 as well. So... You know, once once the variety one. So if we're thinking variety, Guardian, Hollywood Reporter are all quite poor. Where's um, Babylon in that Gold Derby ranking there? Ninth. Wow, that's a fair way back. Wow. I think I think Babylon might drop out, and I think Chazelle. I don't think Chazelle's going to get nomination, Tony. You've got Chazelle for your director. I do. Um... Roger Mulley. Roger. <laughs> It's within the realms of possibility. It certainly is. It certainly is. Let's have a look at it right now. Best director. Um, Spielberg. One, he's lengthened. Uh, he's lengthened over the last week or so. Uh, he's 150 is the best price at uh, Bet365, Bet Right and Points. Bet. Cameron, you can get it eight at Bet365. That's remarkable that he's, that he's number two. Second fave yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right. The Daniels, you can get paying 10 at Betright, which I think is a very good price uh, for some cover. Sarah Polly, she's still loitering. Does she get a nomination? She's really, yeah, really, really suffered um, the last few weeks. Uh, she's paying 10, Chazelle 11, McDonough 15. Maria Schrader, for she said, she's still loitering around as well, uh, paying 15 at Bet365, Betright. Uh, Rajamuli, you can get at 15. Baz, you can get Baz at 21. At Ned's, mm. would you put uh, Baz ahead of Chazelle? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I think. No, think. Just think of it. Think of think of the the uh, Academy screenings and how positive the Academy screens have been for Elvis. And I I think the Academy will not like Babylon at all, at all. And they will definitely go for for the for the Bazarama of of uh, Elvis. Over, over Babylon. Uh, Tom Field for Tar, he's uh, going in around about ten or twelve. You can get him at twenty six at wow. Tom Sport if you like. Uh, Park Chan Wook, uh, the Foreign Raider, maybe best is twenty nine. I think Todd Field might miss out. I think Todd Field might miss out now. Ooh, so who's your five now, Max? I had I had Todd Field as five. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. So who do you think's the second serious challenge is Spielberg? I think Daniels. Yeah, Daniels. Mm. Yeah. Say Cameron. Uh, best actor, Fraser. 
is still the outright fave. And he's lengthened a bit too. Uh, the best price is 166 at Bet365. Farrell, you can get him at 450 at Bet365. That's good. Butler, 650 at Betright. That's a good price too. Uh, then you've got everybody else. Bill Nye. Uh, How's Jackman going there, Jackman, Uh 21 is the best at Neds. Jeez, I jumped on that far too early. Uh, yeah, Bill Nye, he's paying 11 at Sportsbet. He's paying 23 at Bet365 if you want to get some cover there. Tom Cruise, he's paying 17 at Sportsbet, 34 at Bet365. That's probably not a bad cover. Um, Gabriel Labelle, I thought he was quite good in the fables. I thought he was good, uh, yeah. Jeez, he looks like Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. Uh, he's paying 26 at Bet365. Paul Mezcal uh, for After Sun, he's sort of popping up in a few Critics Awards. He's paying 34 at Bet365. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I still think Fraser is uh, is the winner here, but uh, Farrell is some good hedging value. If, if Whale doesn't get nominated... What happens, Tony? I, I think I'm still on it. I'm still on him. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. No, I just, I think the performance is, uh, yeah, is too undeniable. Uh, and it seems to be really, really hitting with the public. I'm, I'm getting off the Fraser train. I think there's, um, yeah, Butler and Farrell, um, particularly next month with the Golden Globes. And uh, I, I think the whale's going to miss. And, uh, and we haven't had a best actor win with a no picture nomination since Jeff Bridges in 2009. Best actress. Blanchett is still outright fave. 230 is the best price at Bet365. Yo paying five at Bet365 tab and Betright. Williams, you can get at nine. Deadweiler, 10. Viola Davis, is she going to be the fifth slot? Uh, paying 15 at Betright Top Sport. I, th- I think she's over uh, Margot Robbie. I think Margot yep. Robbie's going to be yeah, I, I would agree with that, Max. Uh, Coleman is still hanging around too. You can get her at 15. Jesus, as an empire of light died, huh? Yeah, wow. that's absolutely sunk without a trace. Uh, Diamas, oh, she's still hanging around at 15. You can get, yeah, Robbie, she's 11 at Sportsbet, 17 at Top Sport. Mm. Uh, and then you've got uh, the dark horse, Naomi Aki. Yeah, this is the this is the interesting one though, isn't it? Let's let's see what happens. Yeah, seventeen is the best price at Tab and Bet Right. Uh, I think there's going to be some in the next next week. I think isn't it released next week? Just I before don't know. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is next week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, just before Christmas. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays. I'm sh- I am sure that 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 she will will rock it up to maybe fourth or fifth place. Oh wow! Big call from Max. How are you feeling about Deadweiler there, there, Tony? Uh, Deadweiler's done. We'll review Till, I think, in a future episode. Um, I did manage to catch that. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's Blanchard or Yo. I, I'm 100% confident on sure. that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Supporting actor. Supporting actor is available only at Sportsbet and Tab, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you got Quan, outright favourite, 136. <laughs> so short uh, at Sportsbet is the best. Well, what's he going to be game day? Dollar uh, ten, mm. under a dollar ten, yeah, probably. I think so. yeah. Now, now is is Quan in Indy five? If not, will he be in Indy six? I don't so, think he's in Indy five. Side um, bet Indy six. Side oh. bet Indy six. Yeah, uh, maybe he is the new Indy. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, his uh, his career's just got a massive jump start. Who knows Academy Award winner Quan. Yeah, Goonies two. Yeah, uh, Gleason three fifty at Tab Dano. 
Dano is like four fifty at Sportsbet, thirteen at Tab. Thirteen like to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, do your shopping, people. Uh, look around because there's some crazy discrepancies. Uh, Wishaw, he's still hanging around thirteen at Tab. Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway, we'll review that soon too. Um, fifteen. Uh, Barry uh, Keoghan is uh, paying eleven at Sportsbet. Um, Brad Pitt, yeah, Brad Pitt's got no chance. Uh, Hirsch has got no chance. Oh, something I really want to review soon, bones and all. Mark Rylance oh. is paying 26 at Sportsbet and Tab. I tell you what, Mark Rylance has seemingly cornered the market on playing creepy dudes uh, <laughs> of late. Uh, far out. Have you seen Bones at all yet? Both, Not yet, but... Um, oh, he is a cracker. He don't look up cracker. last year. That was, one of my, that was my favorite performance of last year. Oh, Terrific. he is a... We look forward to well, yeah. get ready for bones and all. That is something else. Uh, supporting actress, uh, sports bet and tab again. Condon is the outright favourite, uh, paying two fifty. Jesse Buckley, uh, the, the both women talking uh, supporting actresses, Buckley and Foy, they're still sort of second, third favourites, even though they're getting uh, snubbed in the critic awards. Buckley at three. At tab Foy at five fifty, I think that's a good bet at sports bet. We had um, Buckley was at seven, I think, at tab earlier in the week there, Tony, and that that didn't last long. Crunch, someone mm-hmm. jumped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, does she does she get in over Stephanie Sue? My God, she's campaigning hard. I reckon that that's an absolute travesty. <laughs> she should not be in the supporting actress conversation. I think she does. I think she gets in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she gets in too. Yeah. She's really working him. Oh, such a, a nothing performance compared to uh, Stephanie Sue, I think. Anyway, uh, she's paying six. Hong Chow, yeah, the whale, who knows? Uh, paying nine. Angela Bassett, she's rocketed up, 850. Uh, Kerry Mulligan, 10. Dolly DeLeon from Triangle of Sadness, paying 10. Uh, Janelle Monet, if you like what all the, uh, mm. the critics are saying, she's paying 11. Does Glass Onion get a, a picture nomination? It's the tenth slot on Gold Derby at the moment. So Scott Scott Feinberg and Clayton Davis have Angela Bassett in, in the number one slot for supporting actress. I'll tell you what, paying eight fifty at Sportsbet, that's uh, that's not a bad price if you uh, if you agree with those two. But Kerry Condon was just not that strong. I, I am surprised. I, I think this is a really really difficult uh, category. I'm on Condon uh, and Foy at the moment, um, but yeah, not with a, a whole lot of confidence. That's for sure. I've got um, Buckley and JLC for that one. Yeah, Angela Bassett could take it. Jamie Lee Curtis could take it. I mean, yeah, I, I think we might get a roughie out of this one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see after uh, after the Globes, after the Critics' Choice. Yeah, hopefully there's still some value to be had because yeah, you're right, Max. It's so open, and uh, there's some big prices around. Mm-hmm. All right, let's finish up with our best bets, our actions, family values, Professor. What have you got for us? Well, let's let's go with it. Oscars first, Tony, and um, this is something I alluded to a bit earlier, which is around danger, danger around Brendan Fraser. Um, so he won't be at the Globes, and I think the Golden Globes voting body might just do themselves a service and not vote for him. And uh, and in, in that scenario, Austin Butler gets it, Colin Farrell gets it on the night, and um, their their prices will move. So now is the time to strike on both of them. Austin Butler six dollars fifty on BetRight. Colin Farrell four dollars fifty on Bet three six five. Farrell possibly a little bit uh, further ahead in favoritism. In comparison, he's had a good year. Thirteen lives, the Batman, and of course Banshees. 
Um, he's working the circuit really well. So he did a great piece there with Jamie Lee Curtis on, on variety. And um, then there's a medium, medium to high conviction around that. So Austin Butler and Colin Farrell for best actor. And then into the Globes. So we're going to go back and dip into the well of Austin Butler. Now, by my calculations, I've got him rated as a 55% chance to win, uh, which is about a price of $1.88. He's currently priced at $2.35, and that's almost a 30% edge on the price. So medium to high on that. I think Elvis is also just a sort of a Globesy type type film, and it could do well in the night. Um, the, the highest conviction bet, however, is uh, into the best screenplay market, and, uh, and this is Banshees. So Martin McDonough is a previous Golden Globe winner. Uh, he won for the screenplay of Three Billboards as well as um, the best film drama of that year. Uh, by my estimation, this is about a 55% chance, about eighty. Currently priced at three dollars twenty-five on Unibet, and that's an absolute steal. Get amongst that as much as you can. Um, that price won't last, and it, it'll go really close. It'll either be Banshees or Everywhere on the night, but three dollars twenty-five is is incredible. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Max, what do you got? I think it sounds as though I'm I'm stealing the professor's bets best bets because <laughs> I've got two golden globes too. It's, I mean it's hard to find some value out mm. there. I mean you have mm. to look around. But uh, yeah, but both of these are from the professor as well. I, I've got um, Farrell for 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 actor, um, and uh, Banshees for for screenplay three dollars twenty five at, at sports bet. Yeah, I, I really like. Uh, Banshees for screenplay, as I've said before, I think I think that's I think that's a really really um, a strong bet. Well, I'm all about cover this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting big Coda vibes from everything everywhere. Oh. So I'm saying for best picture, everything everywhere, paying four at Tab Touch Unibet Bet three six five for director Daniels paying ten at Bet Right. That's that's too good to not take cover on. Actress Yo paying five at Bet three six five tab and Bet right. Yes, I'm scared. I can I can hear the drums. Fernando uh, actor. I agree with uh, Farrell four fifty at Bet three six five. That's still some a great cover price against Fraser. And the Golden Globes. I've got a couple of other globy ones for you. Uh, original score. I like uh, a bit of a double here. Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. He's been getting a lot of notice uh, mm. in amongst all the uh, uh, the crits for Babylon. He's paying two twenty five at Sportsbet, and John Williams for Fablemans. Uh, he's paying five at Sportsbet. So I think you can wrap those two up nicely. And uh, original song uh, for our good friends R R R Natu or Natu Natu. That's paying six fifty for original song at uh, Tab Touch Unibet. Uh, you know, it's behind uh, the Rihanna song and the Gaga song, but the amount of love this film's getting, mm. six fifty, I think that's a great price. They'll want to get them up on stage, won't they? Yeah. And this is this is the probably the most likely. Yeah, that's pretty smart. I like that one, Tony. I really like that one. It was ten, so it's really moved that price. Yeah, I did get on a ten initially, uh, and uh, now I'm saying I'm going to jump in further at six fifty. Well, and that is it. What a monster. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Max. Many thanks, Tony. Right. Uh, we're on the uh, Twitter, the Facebook, YouTube at LCWT Action, and we're also on our very own website.
lights camera what's the action.com that's going to be that's going to be our home base that's good like all our content will live on there and you know we'll have some uh, written rantings and ravings as well you know on there so check it out uh, and remember it's a thrill to be nominated but it's even better to be compensated Thank you.